Welcome to a Neon Jazz interview with a very fine drummer and a leader in the Kansas City jazz scene, Mr. Abel Ramirez. For over three decades, Abel has been tirelessly entertaining this Kansas City jazz town. During the course of our interview, Abel talked about his early years in KC, projects over the years, advice he would give to up-and-comers, along with many other insights into his life and love of jazz. Dig it. First of all, I want to start at the alpha of your life in this interview, and I want to ask, where were you born and raised? I was uh, born in El Paso, Texas, and but I was raised in Kansas City. How long were you in El Paso? Oh, I was only a year old when we left. Okay. So your formative years of really falling in love with jazz was here in Kansas City? Absolutely. What was it about this town that infused the love of jazz for you? Well, the energy. The town has an energy level that is, uh, it's captivating. It really is. Uh, The musicians all... Um, are well they love what they do and uh, and you can tell so when did you start playing the drums the first time um first time uh I guess I was uh I guess I was nine years old and um my dad took me to Liven's music on Main Street and they're still they're still there, by the way. Yeah. Um, bought me a set of drums, and uh, that's when I started. So, talk to me about your family. How influential were they in your life with playing music? <laughs> yeah, they. Uh, uh, my grandmother played piano. My mother played piano, uh, and. My grandmother was an excellent reader, and my mother played by ear. And uh, I think what we would do is, when I was young, we would sit around the TV set and watch Lawrence Welk. My mom loved Lawrence Welk. She couldn't dance, but loved Lawrence Welk. Right on. So, talk to me about getting to a point where you started playing professionally or wanted to aspire playing professionally. You started young playing the drums. Did you play through school, after school? Kind of give me a lineage of, of where we're at as you started getting into playing professionally. In high school, um, uh, I was in band in high school. And then uh, left there and started playing around town. Well, I went to college. I went to, it was at the time, it was called Junior College, believe it or not. It was called Kansas City, Missouri Junior College. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going there, and I got called to go on the road. And I took it. And uh, I went on the road for about three or four years and loved it and got tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> And then I came back to Kansas City, and I mean to tell you what, the town was hopping. I, uh, I'll never forget, I went to hear Mr. Quick Mize at a place called Hattie's on, on Southwest Boulevard. And when I got there, I got there about 9.30, 10 
and when's the band plan? And she said, they don't start till 11. They go from 11 to 3 in the morning. Yeah. And I said, wow, that's great. And so, anyhow, I left and I came back and the place was just hopping. <laughs> and I loved it. Uh, Greg Mize was uh, B3, is a wonderful B3 player here in Kansas City. Yeah. And had a lot of fun hearing him, listening to him. Wonderful. So, you know, you've talked about how Kansas City is an alluring town. It's obviously a jazz mecca. When you think about, let's just say about the heyday on 18 and Vine, what really is the most intriguing thing to you about this town being the jazz mecca that it is? Boy, that's a good question. Um, I really, I, I, I really didn't hang around 18th and Vine area. I went directly to playing clubs and uh, we were the ones that, well, well let, me, let me explain. Uh, after I met Greg Mize, I joined his band. And we were playing jam sessions and we were playing, uh, we had uh, a contract to play at Eddie Sal for a, you know, a year at a time. And then on Sundays we'd do jam sessions. And I'll never forget uh, people like, that would come in and, and sit in and, and uh, Bobby Bobby Watson wow. come in and sit in with us and, and just, you know, lots of people here in town. And I stayed pretty busy, so I really didn't, well, I, I wasn't really taught in college or I didn't hang out at UMKC or any of that. Um, pretty well self-taught. Yeah. So, talk to me about the projects and bands that you've been involved with over the years. Um, you know, I see the Four Aces, the Four Lads, the Coasters. There's a long list. Kind of give me a synopsis of who you played with and, and kind of uh, some of your experiences over the years being a professional musician. Oh, sure. Um, like I said, I played with Greg Mize when I got back in Kansas City and for two or three years. Then I joined uh, Mike Ning and was, him, was with him for about two or three years. And then I went with a gentleman by the name of Robert Symes, Bob Symes, played piano, yeah. uh, who introduced me to Big Band. And Bob had a wonderful 18-piece band and a 7-piece band. And that's where I started really getting, getting into reading and uh, I worked really hard, really hard at it and uh, eventually had an opportunity to put a reading rock and roll band together and got called to play behind like the platters and the four lads and the four races and Bobby Lewis, a lot of the 1950s acts mm-hmm. and they would put music in with them and we would do, we would do an hour rehearsal and then we'd do the show. Uh, and I had guys with me like um, Wayne Hawkins on piano. Uh, I, I even had Stan Kessler uh, with me at one point. Yeah. Uh, the other guys uh, have gone on, uh, moved. Uh, Ed Nichols on bass and uh, 
but we uh, we had a great time doing all that. And after, you know, back then we were, it was crazy. We were, like I said, we, we had, we were playing a lot. Almost, it, it seems today that is matching up to what we were playing back then. Yeah. Except for that we were playing, you know, six nights a week at the same place. Right. Where were your favorite places to gig back then? Oh. Favorite places. Good question. Um, well, uh, Eddie South was the uh, was the main staple uh, where when I worked with Greg Mize and uh, I'll never forget Mr. Eddie talking to Greg and said, Greg, let's let's keep them dancing. Mm-hmm. Not dancing, they're not drinking. Yeah, drinking, you don't have a job. Yeah, that stuck with me. Always did. Yeah. And uh, so that's why I decided to play dance music. Pretty Absolutely. much. And where are you gigging these days? These days, um, I, I, you know, uh, I had been. Uh, I just finished up playing with the big band at a place called uh, Finnegan's Hall, which is the old gold buffet. Yeah. Up in North Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We're up there for a good year and a half. And uh, that's... Uh, so I'm looking for a new location to take the big band. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm, uh, I've got my own trio. Uh, and we, we uh, play at some of the ballrooms around town. And uh, have a lot of fun with that. Wonderful. What about uh, recording? Have have you had a lot of uh, sessions recording with either you as a soloist or in other bands? Uh, no, no, no. I never uh, ever recorded the, well, except for uh, with the big band. And uh, um, but you know, recording the big band is, is just so expensive. Uh, you can only do a little at a time. Now. Who are some of your jazz heroes? Who who's influenced you the most? Uh, <laughs> I uh, I was I'm very lucky. I I grew up listening to uh, Lena Horne, mm-hmm. and uh, Lena had a wonderful drummer with her. Uh, his name is Grady Tate, and Grady I followed his career quite quite a bit and uh, listened to him. And and uh, I loved what he did and how he did. And I got to meet him. And uh, one day he came into Kansas City with the New York New York Jazz Quartet mm-hmm. and played at the Crown Center. Cool. Yeah, that was quite amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let me ask you this: If you could go back in time and meet one jazz musician. Alive, alive, or or not with us anymore. Who would it be, and why? It would be Gene Krupa, hmm. and I would. I uh, I'm astonished with the kind of energy levels that he had, uh, along with people like Buddy Rich. I did get to meet Buddy Rich, and I got to meet Bo Spelsum. Uh, 
but Jim Krupa uh, was the one that got away yeah. and loved to have sat and chatted with him. So what, what kind of advice would you give to a young musician, let's say a drummer that wants to get into jazz, wants to be a singer, what advice would you give them now that you've had years under your belt as a live musician and you've seen the scenes for for some years here in town? What would you tell them that would be sage advice? I would tell them, never forget your roots. Always uh, uh, practice, first of all. Second of all, uh, work with the older guys, work with the older cats, watch them learn from them uh, ask questions um, it, it, it's amazing what you can learn yeah indeed so does Abel Ramirez live with any regrets any regrets no I do not no I uh, I've done exactly what I've, I, I wanted to do if you had to sum up who you are who would that be Finally, actually, that th this this is the final question here. How do you think the Kansas City is seen as doing in 2013? How do you feel about it? Oh, I love it. Uh, I, I think the times are going to get a lot more exciting. I think this town's going to open up even more. I think the music, musicians are, are going to um, experience a lot of things coming into Kansas City. Uh, the venues are going to be opening up more and more. I'm excited uh, what I see coming in, and uh, and and I'm excited seeing some of the youngsters getting into it and uh, really taking it to another level, uh, which I love. Yeah, it seems to me as though we're going through a renaissance in this town, kind of. Uh as history is kind of a carousel that goes around, we're getting back on kind of a heyday of things really popping around here. And it also seems to me that there was kind of a panic a little bit after the Jardines incident happened, and it seems like in the wake of that, it's just made this town stronger for live music. That's true. And I believe that it's being able to appreciate a nightclub that plays jazz uh, is on everyone's uh, mind and uh, they need to keep uh, audiences and uh, growing and all the clubs that have jazz um, I, I see clubs like what's the Green Lady that's downtown that's really opening up there's a, there's a Take 5 downtown uh, wonderful clubs that are just opening up for straight-ahead youngsters that are just really wailing. Perfect. Abel, hey, man, thanks for taking your time out. It was a pleasure talking with you. Hey, Joe, thank you very, very much. Thank you, sir. Continued success, and uh, hopefully our paths will intertwine at some point. It will. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Kansas City making jazz move. 
And thanks to Abel for his time and his story. If you would like to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store or visit the Neon Jazz web home, theneonjazz.blogspot.com for everything Neon Jazz. Until next time, enjoy the music, my friends. Neon Jazz.